live from New York, it's Wonder Woman. Hey, now it's everybody. Ask an Engineer. I got my gauntlets of truth. I don't know. Yeah. Um, lasso of truth. Lasso of truth. What's the gauntlets of what? Gauntlets of bullet deflection. Bing, bing, bing. Do you have a name now? Bing, bing, bing. Just gauntlets, huh? Yeah. Okay. Uh, welcome to Ask an Engineer. It's me, Lady Ada, the engineer. With me, Mr. Lady Ada on camera control, Hello. behind the scenes, videography, sound, and more. We're broadcasting live from the Adafruit headquarters in downtown Manhattan. That's behind us. This is where we do all our kidding and manufacturing and shipping and packing and videoing and uh, coding and more. Uh, everything happens here, but right now the factory is asleep and I'm a little burpy. Um, the factory is asleep because everyone is at home. They're done for the day. It's just us, Mr. Lady Ada and myself. And we're going to kick it off with about one hour of the latest in uh, burping news, electronics, making, hacking, crafting, coding and more. Todd about said gauntlet of wristness, which I think is funny. Gauntlet of wristness, okay. Yeah. Well, no, right. sorry. JP said gauntlets of uh, wristness, and uh, Todd about said gauntlets of solder mask. Gauntlets of solder mask. Yeah, I like that. It's pretty good. Gauntlets of solder. Gauntlets of the great search. Yeah. All right. On tonight's show, the code is MicroPots. 10% of Nate Fruit Store all the way up to 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time. Gets you 10% off in the store. All the things that we have in stock, usually lose it. It's tonight only. We have a bunch of live series of shows, including Show & Tell, which just happened a few moments ago. We'll talk about that. Time travel, look around the world of makers, hackers, artists, engineers, and more. Chip shortage, it's back because it's never ending. Yeah. It's a chip shortage every day in every way. This week's chip shortage will be from Toshiba. We'll do from the mailbag, letters from you to us. We got some advanced manufacturing made in New York City, factory footage and more. We got some 3D printing. We got INMPI. This week's is Renaissance. And wait until you see this cool video. If you liked last week's video, you're gonna like this one even more. New products, a bunch of top secret. We're gonna answer your questions. We do that over on Discord, adafruit.it slash Discord. We were uh, 30, 4,000 people. Now we're 35,000 people. It's a big old community. Come on by. All that and more on, you guessed it, Ask an Engineer. Yay! All right, so the code is MicroPots. It is not a dispensary that is opening up down the street. It's just the name of the code because... What is we, this? Weed for ants? Yeah, because we, we have a lot of these. We'll, we'll talk about that later, but that's why. Um, that's the reason. That's the code, um, Lady Ada, but when people order stuff, they get free stuff. We have freebies and we're back to yeah. having our, our quad freebie collection. I'm so yeah. psyched. It's actually a good sign. It means we're able to get some parts back in stock. Uh, one, sorry, $99 or more, we get a free Permaproto half-size breadboard. Great for taking your breadboard project. Use our premium breadboards, which people are loving, and making them uh, permanent. Uh, $149 or more, you get a KB2040. I love this little breakout. I use it for developing all sorts of um, libraries and code because it's got lots of pins, it's castellated, it's got a Stemic UT port, it's got an RP2040, which is a chip you can get, and USB-C. So how, what do you not love about this? I don't know, it's even in pink. Everyone loves pink. 199 or more, you get um, free UPS ground shipping in the continental United States. It's trackable and it's insured. And back, be, not just because of popular demand, that's not enough, we also have to have the parts to make it, and we got some parts. Um, we've got the uh, Circuit Playground Express, our all-in-one dev board that we love so much. It's got a SAMD21, which we were able to get. Uh, tons of sensors, buttons, piezos, switches, 
capacitive touch, uh, tons of NeoPixels, and it works with Arduino, Code.org, CS Discoveries, MakeCode, and of course, CircuitPython. Okay, and don't forget, if you're going to order stuff on Adafruit, just a good idea in general for all the sites you use, but in particular, Adafruit, because we offer this, do two-step authentication. So you make an account on adafruit.com, you verify your email, and then you set up a two-step authentication. That'll allow you to buy things like Raspberry Pis, which we do limit to verified accounts that have two-step auth turned on. Okay, Adafruit Live series of shows. We do a bunch, including... Show and Tell, thanks so much, JP. JP uh, hosted the Show and Tell this week. I got a chance to glance by it really fast. I'm going to watch all of it. Y'all can do that too and get all the highlights and more. Um, Non Pedro next week, and then the week after that will be Liz, and then after that, Melissa's going to try hosting. So we're mixing it up. Uh, come by, and then I think one of the weeks, um, some folks from Hackaday are going to stop by, and then we invited some of the folks from Makerverse, uh, Adam Savage. Uh, and his team, who's doing uh, the Silicon event in August. So we'll see. Um, we have a bunch of uh, folks that are going to come on the show and tell um, that we're scheduling up. So look forward to that. On Sundays, we do from the desk of Lady Ada. It goes in two parts. Uh, this week, we showed some things that we were working on, events and more. But what was the uh, part one? Okay, so part one, we showed off the 3D model. I'm going to show that later. Yeah, the, the model too, of the yeah. van. Um, I also talked about um, I'm designing some cowbells. Uh, so talked about some of the process with that. Um, and also um, a, a de-zombification of the Easy Link and Easy Key uh, board that I would not be able to manufacture because I couldn't get modules. Um, I'm going to try to redesign it with an ESP32. However, here's the deal, folks. Do not ask me every week when it's coming out because yeah. I don't know. We have to write all the code all over again. Yeah. Uh, I will get it out as soon as I can. You know what's interesting Promise. is how this works out because this is how I've, I have a high surface area with requests and stuff. And I, I know it's hard, but here's what I try to think about. I notice people just love this stuff. Well, it's also, so everyone doesn't get together and share the information that they've asked. So for each person, it's new and helpful. It's true. It is, it's one of the you know 10,000 yeah. people a day who are learning about the easy key for the first time. Yeah. But and I really do. I, I, we, we are working on it, but we have to port all the code all over again. To yeah. And so I think um, the analogy I could best think of, imagine if your name was um, Michael Bolton. And, oh, like the singer? Yeah. <laughs> okay. and, and even though everyone doesn't get together and do that, uh, and, and know that they've already asked that question. Has anyone told you that each, there's a each, singer? <laughs> are you a fan? You know, this is an office space uh, uh, comedy thing. But I think you get the point. And so, um, you know, sometimes, especially now, we get asked a lot, when is this going to be back in stock? When are you going to have this? When are you going to redesign that? And it's, it's a bunch. Um, but we know that... Um, Y'all, y'all have best intentions. Okay. Um, and the folks who don't will politely say, like, please don't be so mean when you ask. Yeah. Um, okay, it's true. Please be nice when you ask. We also did this uh, segment called The Great Search for, how can I get that part I need? Because I can't get the parts I need anymore. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to extend the name of the title. Uh, what was this week's Great Search? Okay, this Great Search is, um, as I'm working on these cowbells, um, I needed a new micro SD card slot because the micro SD card that I use, the colder that I use for a lot of our boards, is just like two millimeters too wide. Um, and so I went on the hunt for a slim, uh, skinny uh, micro SD card uh, holder that's not a hinge type. I wanted a push-pull type and I like the one that's used on the Teensy 3.6 so I kind of 
yeah. look to see if I can find something that's just like that. Yeah, and then this weekend, uh, Disc of Lady Ada, um, we'll have a bunch of things, and I think we're going to show something really cool. So uh, I just uh, someone said a good trick to do is when people say when will something be back in stock, just say next Tuesday, or just Tuesday, but just don't say what Tuesday. Oh, like on Tuesday. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I think we're going to have a fun thing for Disc. Always of tomorrow. Okay, uh, JP's product pick of the week. That's the uh, show that we do inside of a product page each week. And here's this week's highlight. NAU7802 24-bit ADC. I'm gonna take a clue and plug that in. I'm using some crimp connectors connected up to a load cell. Looks a lot like this one, except this one I have mounted to a little metal plate and I've added a little place to set something that you're weighing. I will take a uh, container and now I'm going to tear uh, this scale. I'm going to hold the button there. It's going to remove the weight that it sees on there from uh, the starting point. So now we're at zero. I'll start pouring these in and you'll see that the weight is going up and up. Uh, 18. Oh, I went, I went a little over. I'll, I'll pull some out of there. Okay, watch this. I'm going to put one, one bean in and uh, you can see it's really precise measurement that went up to 18.1 from 18. It is the NAU 7802 24-bit ADC for measuring strain gauges and load cells. Okay, and then don't forget on Thursdays, we have JP's workshop, including the segment CircuitPython Parsec. I learned from. That's right. And then on uh, Fridays, we have Deep Dive with Tim, Foamy Guy, and uh, I'll talk about this during the Python on Hardware section, but do tune in leading up to Circuit Python Day, which is Friday, August 19th. It's a company holiday here at Adafruit, and it's a worldwide celebration that we do online and more about all the things going on in the world of Circuit Python and the community. And uh, we're giving away some tablets. Uh, thank you, Kmarch and uh, Tim for helping out. Um, they're on their way and uh, I'll talk about this and Tim will talk about this. I have a little segment in the upcoming newsletter section. Um, but tune in because you, you can find out how to get one of these. These are really cool. All right, time travel. Okay, so I went to uh, Hope, Hackers of Planet Earth. This was at St. John's University. The team at 2600 did an amazing job. St. John's University was an excellent venue. It was safe. It was uh, good to get together. It's been a really long time. Um, I have a couple of photos. I, I always ask people if it's okay if I post, you know, if I took photos or if I was in a session or something like that. So I'm waiting to hear back from some folks. Um, but I do have some things I can share right now. So uh, as, you, as you entered the uh, venue, um, the 2600 van, famous van, was out there. This is a, a 1981 Dodge van. And um, this is always, you know, it's in all the photos for every, you know, hacker event and maker fair and everything. And uh, this year I decided, you know, um, this van ain't going to last forever. Um, or at some point it should be put in a museum. It's a, you know, a, it's supposed to look like a bell phone truck. You know, these are iconic. I don't even know what people know in New England. Yeah. Telephone. Some people are <laughs> like, what is this? Yeah. And so what I did is I, I used my phone and I did a 3d scan of it. And, uh, I think this is the first time it's been 3d scanned. So you can see, um, I got a good scan of it. 
um, with you know the, the phone tools I have, I was able to take enough photos so I could do some interesting things later. But the idea is um, making a 3D printed one or um, one of those like diecast uh, ones. And I just wanted to get all the details right. So I emailed Emmanuel um, and Kyle, who were uh, the folks who I uh, hang out with there and uh, who run 2600 and Hope. And uh, we'll see. Um, so I'll, I'll keep you all updated. This is a, a fun little art project I want to do kind of uh, preserving this interesting thing. There's a free Kevin sticker on it. This is a really neat piece of uh, hacker history. And I was also thinking, um, so uh, Lady Aid and I walk around New York City and sometimes we'll come up with these little uh, word puzzles like, um, oh, like all things that have huts, like sunglass hut, pizza hut, um, job of the hut kind of counts, but not really. Um, and the, one of the ones I think we should come up with when we walk around this weekend is uh, hacker cars or hacker vehicles. Ooh, hacker vehicles. That's yeah, a good one. so Mudge's uh, like Camaro. That's one. Well, that's just like a. Ha it's literally a hacker's car. Yeah, but a hacker's car. They, they're kind of famous enough, but like the twenty six hundred van is one. Um, and then um, any movie that has a hacker in it, uh, rollerblades. That's not really a vehicle, but like kind of, sort of. You know, there's like hacker transportation. Yeah. So, anyways, um, I'll leave it to the chat. So, uh, anyways, I took some photos. Okay. Um, you know, this this has been around for decades. Yeah, there was some cat-shaped hardware. We saw some folks that were Fun. doing some cool CircuitPython stuff. Um, the booths, they had these uh, really neat um, folks that were from the local New York area. Uh, FSF was there. You've got um, a bunch of folks that do books. Um, EFF was there. Uh, our friends, Amy and Ariel from Sparkle Lab Electronics. Uh, no Starch Press, one of the best publishers uh, for all things maker-related, and certainly um, they have uh, kind of the best hacker crypto books and more. Um, they also have like really neat Python books as well. So they were there, and then um, there were some nerds helping uh, nerds in time of need. This is Operation Hammond. Um, I stopped by and saw them, and then I think this was the thing that we helped out with because they needed a Raspberry Pi really bad. It was this uh, like wireless like location game thing. It was. Uh, hope in real life. And then of course, hardware hacking area, ham radios, and I got to see Mitch who I have not seen in three Yay! years. So I'll be seeing Mitch in person again um, later, but we were able to, uh, I talked to Mitch online, but um, I haven't seen him in person in a really long time. So it was really good to see Mitch. And then uh, Pia from uh, Girls Who Hack uh, stopped by Adafruit right before that. So yeah, it was great to all see in all, it was really good. And again, uh, congrats to everyone at Hope, they did it. who did a fantastic event, and uh, boy, it's been uh, a crazy last couple of years. Okay, a um, little reminder for Adabox, uh, it's gone from winter to spring to summer, and uh, it'll probably be summer fall edition. Um, we're chipping away, getting all the parts we can. Um, it's happening, but we're not gonna bug you with an email until we know a date. So if you have any questions, you can always email our team. We update adabox.com. And of course, uh, we don't charge uh, cards and all that until we ship. So thank you everyone who's been patient because y'all know what it's like. Um, and then the other thing and the reminder, and I'll do this during the other um, segment with the circuit Python and MicroPython and Python on hardware news is on uh, August 19th, this year, we're doing CircuitPython Day. So 
Don't forget about that. Bam. All right. Um, well, that's all the good news. And then here's the uh, reality. <laughs> here's the reality bucket. The only thing everyone likes about the chip shortage is that song. But it is a great Th- song. Thank you. Very catchy. Uh, Willie in the chat. Yeah. So this week, uh, Toshiba, um, we need a bunch of these. Hey, Toshiba. What are these? Lady Hook Anna? us up with some TB6612s. Yeah. Um, so this is them, huh? Yes. We have many thousands on order. I think we ordered them back. Oh. We ordered 18,000 of these back in December 2021. It's pretty much August. We still need six thousand. Yeah, please, please ship us some. So this is uh, this is in, from our internal system. Um, and what are they used in a Adafruit? We use them in a lot of our motor shields and motor feather wings and motor drivers. Uh, and we sell a lot of these. People love these motor uh, drivers. They're great for steppers, for DC motors. Uh, the TB six six one twos are great because they have built-in um, diodes, uh, kickback diodes. I think they have a max current of two amps. They're really reliable. Um, you can PWM them. They're overall just awesome uh, DC and or stepper yeah. um, so, motor um, driver chips. I went to the site and it's like purchase, but like that's just that's just that's just messing with me. You yeah. go to the DigiKey site and as you can imagine, zero stock. There's none. This is life. I know. Um, but maybe uh, Mrs. Toshiba can hook us up. Yeah. And I know you're not supposed to like want and desire things because that's suffering. But you know, we ordered these, uh, and I would like <laughs> I would like them. <laughs> we well, our customers would. So yes. this is like so anytime. And there's, this is to help people build cool, fun robots. Yeah, we're, we're not we're using these for good. We're not. This these is, are not being used to this hurt is for anybody. The, this is for the youngins. No kittens are being crushed to death by these motors. Yeah. These are only so the happiest. Toshiba, motors. we'll drop you a note. We'll send you a link. We 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 respect you. You know we respect you. But we just have a bunch that we order, and we just want those. Please. We order a year's worth at a time. Yeah, we plan this. We do order ahead of time. We advance. We do everything. Please. So um, that is this week's chip shortage. We really need them. Um, Thanks so much. Um, Please, Mr. Toshiba, can you please send them? We'd really appreciate it. Thank you. That's chip shortage. Okay, so um, that was uh, the chip shortage news. Let's uh, continue to uh, go through the multiverse. Um, we'll change the channel and go to where there's some excellent vibes coming our way. Because you know what's available? Send in great emails to us. <laughs> That's not at a shortage. So um, we get your letters. Lots and lots of letters. So this week, um, this is from the mailbag. These are the emails that folks send us. I absolutely love your packaging list or packing list. I know what a strange thing to say, but seriously, you have the best packing list ever. Color picture of the items, part numbers in bold and blue and larger font. Love, love, love it. So um, one of the things that we like to do 
is uh, also put quotes on there. So if you ever go to adafruit.com slash quotes, you can see all of our quotes that we have um, that go into the invoices that those come from people in the community. So they're inspirational. They're things that are hopefully um, will inspire you. Um, maybe it'll make you think about uh, sharing with one another or thinking about that person who helped you so you can help someone. And so there's a lot of cool quotes like that. It's Python on hardware time. All right, so this week in the newsletter, we have a CircuitPython 7 update. 7.3.2 has a bunch of bug fixes. Yes, Dan Haber has been actually fixing a lot of issues with um, airlift boards and libraries and, and just cranking through a bunch of stuff. Um, so even though we are working on 8, which is uh, has a lot to do with Wi-Fi and workflow um, and adding ESP32, support um we are still keeping up to date with 7.3 um series and of course will all, all of those changes will uh, be in eight as well so we you know if you if you're up for it please use eight um but we definitely recommend if you're still on seven to upgrade to 7.3.2 particularly if you're using airlift boards yeah um so we noted that we hit our uh latest milestone and discord thank you everybody we have about Almost 5,000 people there at any time, and then altogether 35,000 people. Our Discord's a little different than other Discords for folks who uh, are multiple servers. So our goal isn't to have like 35,000 people all there at once. And I know like Discord will give you uh, certain perks if you're a community or server or brand or company, if you have like massive amounts of people at the same time. Um, what we usually have is people who come in for help showing their projects, and then they go and make stuff. So uh, we don't we have as, others. yeah. So we don't have as many of the uh, Discord perks that they give you, but we do have a lot of members. We just don't have them all at the same time, but we still have quite an, quite a bit. So, anyways, if you're wondering like why we don't have all the same flare buttons and stuff like that, there's a panel inside of Discord that says um, you need to have like for the number of people you have, you have to have more people on at the same time. And I've tried to explain this to to Discord that we're a little different, but I get it. Like. The, we're unusual for uh, how we use things. Um, we always we always kind of use things and maybe how they're not intended, but that's why we're all here. Um, so anyways, tons of projects and more. I thought there was a pretty neat um, entry in the newsletter uh, and did a post and also put it in there. It's like, how do you how do you steer all of Python? So there's an article it's a about- a big project. There, yeah, there's an article, it's like, how does it actually work? What does the steering committee do? What does Python Software Foundation do? What's the benevolent dictator role in the past? You know, all those things. Um, so check out all the different stories and more, all the things that we do every single week. Um, oh, that's nice. No motor. A little blink snake. Motors. Yeah, that's, that's nice she, graphic. She wants a TB661 yeah. too. Lots of uh, e-ink and badges and more. And then uh, Joey's been kind of like doing a real-time thing with like, here's how I do drivers with CircuitPython. So uh, all that being said, the thing that I'm really excited about is uh, CircuitPython Day, which is August 19th, Friday. Coming up in about a month. And uh, this is from uh, Kmatch. And these are the... Circuit Python powered tablets, and we're giving them away. And here is a note from Tim. Hello, everybody. Foamy Guy here. Today, I'm excited to share the details for the Circuit Python hack tablet giveaway. There are links to this announcement and the entry form in the description below. To summarize, you may now enter to win an ESP32 S3 powered 
pack tablet using the entry form linked below. On August 3rd, we will select the first three individuals to receive tablets, giving priority to those willing to help test or develop this functionality for two out of those three tablets. On August 26th, we will select two more individuals to receive the remaining tablets. Everyone who didn't get chosen on the third will be automatically entered, along with anyone who submits an entry form prior to the 26th of August. Thank you for watching, and special thanks to Kmatch for making this giveaway possible. So that's kind of a big deal. We're going to have um, CircuitPython-powered tablets that we're going to send out that to some folks. recycle tossed-out yeah. stuff. So there was a question in chat. We'll, we'll bundle this up into the um, uh, Python on Hardware mm -hmm. section because I think it's interesting um, from your point of view, Lady Ada, because you're one of many people who work on CircuitPython. But um, when do we decide to do something like, oh, um, CircuitPython 7.3.2 is solid enough. When do we say it's time for 8? Um, well, 8's being worked on right now. Um, the question is when, it, when eight's ready, and the yeah. answer is uh, when we have enough people who've used it, given us feedback, and we've finished up the um, bug list. We have a bunch of issues and bugs tagged in CircuitPython. People who are beta testing open them, and also we find them, and also uh, there's stuff that we want to get finished in development. Um, we'd like to get you know an alpha or something, or a, a release candidate or a beta out CircuitPython day, so um, the thing that you can do to help is uh, try out eight, um, alpha, whatever we call it, uh, mainline, latest release, and uh, let us know what doesn't work uh, so that we can fix it, and that'll get us closer and closer to the release. Yeah. Um, just like maybe in your experience seeing other open source projects or even you know our work with CircuitPython, do you think it's an amount of time where we're like, oh, like seven is stable, let's start experimenting with eight, or is it like a combination of two, like, where we want people to break eight because we have a bunch of changes. Like when, is it time, is it use? It's, it's both, um, you know, we, we do major releases when we have major changes. So for example, I think the MPY format might be changing um, because we, are, we keep upstream with MicroPython, right? So yeah. when they make a big breaking change or something that really changes the experience, that's a major revision. Otherwise we just keep using the, the version we're on right now. For eight, we're adding you know this Wi-Fi workflow. It's a pretty big change. We're adding ESP32. It's a different way of, of using CircuitPython boards. It's a new family of chips. Mm. Um, and so for that, we wanted to go in uh, this MPY change. There's a couple other breaking changes, I think. Um, so what we try to do is like you know if we remove something, um, that kind of goes into a major revision as well. So that's how we know when to move from seven to eight. Yeah, and then let me go to Adafruit com slash new um, for uh, for folks that are super fans so we don't have a lot of these so that's why we're not putting it in the new product section but I'll put this in the like Python on hardware section so if you scroll down because this was a coming soon product you will notice da, 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 da. should I pass it no I didn't mm -hmm. okay there's only 14 left but we have circuit Python 8 posters because we try to make sure we have posters for the team um, and this one, we got special permission from Espressive to do a uh, Circuit Python launch poster. Yeah. So cool. there's only 14 left, um, and that's probably going to be it. Uh, yeah, we don't we we don't make more. Yeah, probably going to be it. So if uh, you were wondering when eight's going to be out, usually a poster happens, and then a few things happen later. And that's this week's Python on hardware. Don't forget, you can 
get this delivered to your inbox every week. It's a completely separate site because we don't believe in spamming or anything like that. And uh, that's this week's Python on hardware related data. Thank you, Blinka. Okay. All right, Lady Ada, we're an open source hardware company. It's true. And to prove it, um, we uh, we do a bunch of guides. Yeah, let's go to our new guides. Yeah, and this week, because uh, I was really busy, I didn't put the graphic in the same way, we're going to do it a little bit different. We're going to just go to the Learn system. Yeah, I will say that there's a lot of updated there's guides. There's a lot of updated guides so, anyways. So what happened is, is that we re I realized that some of the newer Feather guides were missing the um, power management page and we also have a new templating system and so Katni and Eva have been going through and updating all of our feather guides um, to have a, a consistent power management page which is like 99% the same from um, product to product yeah. um, so you'll see all those feathers all these feathers are getting updated there's, there's basically the power management page which actually shouldn't look any different um, also yeah. the, the fun house and the mag tag. Here's some of the newer ones. Okay, so what got updated? So go back up one. Yeah, these are. Okay, so uh, no, go back down. No, okay. don't stop. Go down, like one row. Go down one you row. Want this row. One more row. One more row. Great. Uh, thank you. Little driver. Yeah. Uh, take a left. Take a right. That's our exit. Um, okay, so the um, SD. Uh, nine off combo breakout. Um, so this got updated thanks to Liz. Uh, the reason it got updated is the LSM 6DS33 plus List3MDL breakout uh, is no more. We can't get the DS33, so we have the DS3 instead. And so we've just updated this guide uh, to indicate um, the new breakout that we're, we're using in the sensor. Um, all the tutorial on how to use it with the nine off. Uh, is now um, updated, so thank you, Liz. Uh, Liz also did an IoT food scale with Azure and CircuitPython. We're doing um, a bit of a partnership with Microsoft and Azure because CircuitPython is a really, really great way to do microcontroller IoT projects. Uh, you've got a REPL, you've got error messages, you've got um, lots of drivers, um, you've got string handling, like a lot of stuff that's really hard to do with C or C++ or Arduino is really easy with CircuitPython. And we want to show how we can make little devices that can connect to Azure for making, you know, prototyping yeah. or building fairly complicated also, interface a lot of folks, devices. A lot of folks, they'll learn with CircuitPython, with Adafruit IO, with Whippersnapper, and then they're like, oh, I have like a really large project really a big industrial project, a really big, heavy project that needs like servers. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, so, Azure, Azure is big. And, and so that's why um, we said, well, we, we don't want Adafruit IO to be that. And what we'll do is we'll show folks how to learn things with CircuitPython, with Adafruit IO, with Whippersnapper. And then when you're ready, here's the bridge to something like Azure. And we show, like, if you've learned this here, here's how to go to the next thing. There's also, there's a lot to learn, like, you know, so I, I practiced using Azure before we, we did this project because I was like, well, I have to make sure that this is something that we can do. And and what's interesting is, you know, there, Azure is, is pretty intense, right? It does a lot. And I feel like when you're working on a, something like, like a new service that you want to integrate with, like Azure, um, there's a, so much to learn that you want the hardware to not be a problem because the, there was that, always that initial problem of like, yeah. you've got the hardware, you got your sensors, and then you have to connect to the service. And like, you've got like six unknowns going on here. 
And um, with CircuitPython, we really, we tried really hard to take away a lot of the unknowns. Like we make the debugging of the hardware side a lot easier, and so you can learn the Azure software side. Um, the next project will use a single board computer um, as well. We're working on that that guy next, but you know, how can how can you learn how to use this very advanced IoT system? Um, and whether or not you actually use CircuitPython in production, you at least can get a feel for like, well, how can I interface with stuff? How do I uh, use you don't have to be the digital twin stuff and the alerts? An electronics expert to do stuff with Azure. That's the, that's the approach. It's kind of yeah. like how our philosophy, I think, with like even robotics, it's like you shouldn't have to know everything about power to do robotics because like that's a separate skill set. You should be working on like getting things moving and you know having a robot do something. Um, not just like, I need to study batteries for 10 years. Anyways, um, so next up. Uh, okay, next up there's more feather guides that got updated. And then yeah. next, a mega guide. Uh, so we'll go back up. You want me to go this way? Yeah. Uh, QMK on the RP2040. Um, yes, it's true. You can now use QMK, um, which is the like most popular keyboard firmware system in, for open, open hardware in the world. Um, it has been ported to the RP2040. It's still in the develop branch. It's not mainline yet, which means that in this tutorial, we show you how to install uh, like the compiler setup and you have to you build the firmware. We do have some pre-built firmware for you for like the macro pad, but just be aware it's, it's in development and um, hopefully in the next month or two, it'll move into the mainline. And then you'll be able to use the configurator tools online to create like custom key maps. But for now you have to, you have to do it by hand still. If you're interested in using QMK on the RP2040, um, it is now possible and we have a guide to do Good it. Good work, Jeff. Yep, and then we also have a guide for the LSM60S3 TR plus list 3 MDL, that's that nine off sensor we talked about. And then again, some more feather guides got uh, some power updates, but I think that's it. This is all I think from last week. Yeah. Yeah. And we have 2,706 guides right now, plus yes, a lot of updates. A lot. I know we're doing a lot of updates, but it's good. I like to go through and yes. we, we go through the feedbacks and you know the, we do the best we can with keeping um, the guides up to date. Yep. And uh, because everyone was so good and you uh, listened to us pontificate about IoT devices and more, you get a cat video. You can track your pet's food consumption over time with this IoT scale project using Microsoft Azure and CircuitPython. The project uses an Adafruit QtPy ESP32-S2, which has built-in Wi-Fi and a Stemma port for connecting sensors over I2C. The scale is built with a strain gauge and an NAU7802 Stemma board. The strain gauge is mounted so that it measures the torque being applied from the weight of the food container. With the press of a button, you can send the current weight to Azure or modify CircuitPython code to send at certain times of the day. Tracking inventory is a great use case for an IoT project. Using Azure's charts and data line capabilities, you can see usage trends over time and even create text and email alerts when inventory gets low. See how you can build your own by checking out the Learn Guide at learn.adafruit.com. All right, uh, it's now time for some advanced manufacturing here at Adafruit. Thank you.
And it wouldn't be Main New York City factory footage without the giant shadow of the mouse growing across the street. This is the Disney building. Mega Mouse. I noticed that, like, so the Orville is now on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. I had to ask someone the other day. I, I was like... Really? Wait. How is that on Disney? I know. They, they own it. I guess they own it now. Mm. It was, I was asking someone the other day. I was like, oh, like, I heard that new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle game, Shredder, was cool. And they're like, yeah, it was a good game. And I'm like, wait a second. Does Disney also own Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? And none of us knew. Like, yeah. who owns it? We I don't know. know. Did they? Eventually? Hasbro? Maybe. I don't know. Who knows? Yes? History. All of it? Some of it? Soon? Sure. Who knows? Okay. Three D printing. All right. Uh, no Pedro are off this week, so uh, no three D printing. Just kidding. Uh, we have a speed up video. What we do? Next week, Noam Pedro will be back for 3D Hangouts and uh, expect all sorts of goodness in 3D printing and learning how to make all this stuff and more. Um, some uh, breaking news from mm -hmm. the chat. So Paramount yeah. owns Teenage Mutant okay. Ninja Turtles, and Paramount has their own streaming service for now. Okay, so, good to know. So, yeah. you know, that's who owns them. Yeah. Good to know. Okay. Okay, um, it's time for some IMPI. This week's Ion MPI is from Renaissance, brought to you by DigiKey and Adafruit. Lena, what is this week's new product introduction? It's great. It's from Renaissance, which we've only done once before. So um, I do like to highlight um, a bunch of different companies. Uh, Renaissance is a, a massive. Uh, multinational, but uh, originally Japanese company. Um, and they make a whole bunch of products. So um, when this popped up, this sensor, and you know me, I love sensors. Uh, this is the FS1015. It is an airflow velocity sensor. Uh, it comes in this package. Um, I'll show it on the overhead later, but there's basically a slot in the sensor. It's kind of an all-in-one module. Um, there's a slot and you can blow air through it up to 15 meters per second, which I looked up, it's uh, 30 miles per hour. Um, and it will uh, generate a signal for you and allow you to measure it. Um, this is a cool sensor because it uses, um, you know, solid state MEMS uh, thermotransfer technique, which I, I don't know about this principle, but apparently this is what it uses and it seems to work quite well. Um, and so it's coated, uh, even though this is designed for air, um, it could probably be used for other gases and you don't have to worry about um, you know, corrosion or clogging. Uh, most flow sensors that we've seen, you know, water flow sensors in particular, um, use an impeller like this where, you know, um, it's, it's hooked up uh, to a Hall effect sensor when air or water flows through. Um, the little uh, fan spins around and you can do the counts and then you convert the counts into 
um, meters per second or you know overall flow rate. For wind speed, um, you know, of course, uh, folks are familiar with um, anemometers, uh, you know, or uh, these are sometimes used at uh, airfields or airports, uh, but also people have them on top of um, their uh, houses sometimes, or their, you know, traditional farmhouse, there's a little like uh, rooster uh, with one of these uh, rotating cups. And by uh, counting the speed of the rotation, you can uh, calculate uh, wind speed. Uh, so this sensor is, of course, much smaller and doesn't have mechanical parts, which is great. It's like one less thing that you have to worry about possibly breaking. Um, and this is part of a series of sensors. So if you're like, hey, this is a cool airflow sensor, but what if I want to do liquid uh, sensing? There's also the FS20 uh, or 1012, um, which is, is uh, Renesas owns IDT, um, Integrated Data Technologies, and uh, they made a version that had these... Um, uh, barb prong uh, tubing connectors so that it could be used for liquid. Same overall deal, same kind of sensor, but uh, those sensors, I believe, are analog only, um, but they do uh, basically use the same functionality. So this is the, the error version of the liquid sensors. Um, yeah, so this is a, uh, sorry, just to indicate for uh, people, also stocked by DigiKey, they have quite a few of these in stock, the FS1012. Um, is used for um, liquid sensing. So check that out if this is not quite what you want. You want something uh, fluid, not gaseous. Okay, but this is a sensor. So what I thought was really interesting about this sensor is um, oftentimes sensors like these just give you like a kind of a weird analog output or they give you like a resistive output then you have to set up, um, you know, a bridge or some like, you know, current sensing or whatever. Uh, and you need a, a you know op amp and all this wiring. But what was really neat is um, this sensor. When I saw the pinout, I loved it because it's you know you have power and ground, and I think it's three to five volts power and ground. Um, there's an analog output which we'll show next, and then there's I squared C output. So that's like really handy because a lot of you know microcomputers these days, if you want to hook this up to um, say your Raspberry Pi, it doesn't have analog input. You could use I squared C instead. Um, so this is the flow graph. There's two versions of this sensor. This is just one version. This is the 7.5 meter per second max versus the 15 meter per second max. And you can see the analog output is like, you know, linear-ish. Um, they do give you a table uh, that you can use to um, calculate. Uh, and then in the middle is the analog voltage, uh, zero to five volts. And then on the right is the output in counts. Um, so the I squared C, which is uh, not actually not linear. Um, but the I squared C output um, will give you a digital count and then you can convert that to air velocity. Um, the I squared C interface is pretty straightforward. Uh, you know, you query it on address 50, uh, you get five bytes. Three of those bytes are um, checksum, uh, beginning checksum, end checksum. And then there's two bytes in the center that contain the uh, 12 bits of measurement data. So it's pretty straightforward. Um, I whipped up some Arduino code in like 10 minutes and it worked just great. You know, I, I blew into it and, um, you know, I'll show the demos while it uh, increments the numbers and you can uh, plot it very easily. So this is me sort of blowing into the sensor uh, while running the Arduino um, plotter. And then I can also show that. Yeah. So it's available at DigiKey. There is some in stock. There's 14 mm. right now. And uh, let's do your demo, and then we have a video. Yeah, so let's show the demo. So I just have this hooked up on uh, the overhead here. Let me just uh, turn on the autofocus lock. 
Uh, so I've got it on a feather, and I'm just using a Stem IQT cable to make the wiring easy. Um, this is the sensor itself, uh, so you can see it here. And then um, this is the slot, so you can see there's there's no impeller, there's no mechanical connection, but there is a hole that um, you expect air to go through. And then, you know, the natural just like, you know, airflow from a room is about 500. And then if I go over here and blow into it. Neat. <laughs> you can see you can see my lips there. You won. Um, yes, I win the game, which is you can make the flow rate sensor go up. So um, works really great. It's a very easy um, way to use it, and I love that it comes with both analog and digital sensors. All right, here's a really cool video. We'll see you on the other side. This is Renaissance. Renaissance was born after three Japanese technology giants, Hitachi, Mitsubishi Electric, and NEC, took the bold step of merging their semiconductor businesses to create one company. It is from this rich technological heritage derived from these companies that the foundation of Renaissance is formed. Our proven technology and unwavering commitment to quality are what set us apart from our peers as a world-leading semiconductor company. More recently, Renaissance began expanding its footprint in Silicon Valley, first with the acquisition of Intercell in 2017, and then IDT in 2019. Renaissance successfully combined its proven quality with top-class safety standards and technical competency with the innovative products and entrepreneurial spirit of Intercell and IDT. In 2021, Renaissance completes its acquisition of Dialog, expanding its footprint in Europe. With Intercell, IDT, and Dialog now in the fold, Renaissance enters a new era as a truly cosmopolitan company with a progressive mindset and a modern vision to lead the industry. Okay, and so that was a fun video and also, you can see how to pronounce the name, Renaissance. Which is actually like why I picked the video. And I was like, how do you pronounce it? Also, I didn't know that they owned all those companies. Like, I didn't know Dialogue yeah. when it was a Renaissance And the company. best part is, you can imagine when they're putting this together, they're like, hey, we need to show how we've globally expanded, but um, we have the samurai, but the samurai has to get on a plane, and you're not allowed to have samurai swords on planes. This is not the Kill Bill universe <laughs> yeah. where so samurai swords are allowed I just on like planes. that they, it was that thoughtful, they're like, they, they got to get on the plane, but they can bring a sword with them. No. So, like, you just drop the sword off right there. Yeah. Yeah. You can get all the way through security, but on the plane, do the right thing. Drop the sword. But maybe he also realized that the, the, the next journey for him did not require a sword. Maybe he, he doesn't need it anymore. Blade cuts both ways. Okay. So, uh, that's this week's INMPI. I INMPI. In the chat, you guys says sword drop is the samurai mic drop. It's, it's true. true. It's just like I'm going on a plane. Okay, okay let's uh, make sure that y'all know what the code is. Microbots, and let's do some new products, lady. Yep. New, 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 new. Sword drop. New, 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 new. All right. Store your hopes and dreams in the overhead compartment. Lady is gonna break it down. Bam. Okay. 
We've got, uh, actually this, this week is all uh, JP's favorite products. JP's uh, recommended a couple items for us. So like health children. To yeah, well, <laughs> JP really likes old synthesizers. And these are- Dave, it's triplets. <laughs> these are step switches. Um, they're very evocative of the TR-808 uh, um, and other synthesizers and, and drum machines. They use these kinds of step switches. Um, we have them now in packs of three. What's cool about them is they're hinged. They've got a great tactile feel. And of course, they've got uh, that three millimeter red LED built into them. Um, on the bottom, so actually let's, let's go through the colors. So we also yeah, we have, have a bunch of colors. We have gray with red LED, we have yellow with red LED, and yeah. we have blue with red LED. All right, do you want me to just show the different colors? Well, yeah, but then at the okay. last photo, just stop. Which one, this one? Yeah. Um, so all of them on the bottom, um, you can check this out from the data sheet that we have linked. Um, so the top two pads up there are you know, the ones that say that there's like a negative and plus next to it. That's the LED. So the LED is a red LED. It's like a standard two volt forward voltage, 10 to 200 milliamp uh, LED. It does not come with a resistor. So whatever you're pairing it with, you'll want to have a resistor in line if you don't have constant current. And then there's four pads, uh, four pins below. Uh, and this is an SPDT switch, which is a little confusing. Most momentary switches are SPST, either they're open or closed. Um, this one, the those pins at the middle are the um, single throw, and then the two pins at the bottom are the, um, sorry, the single pole and the bottom are the double throw. So one of those pins, I think the one on the left is connected normally and the one on the right is not connected normally and they alternate. So the, the middle pin switches between the two. Basically it just means that like no matter what your hookup, you know, it, chances are you can use the switch. You can also use it to, be, to switch between two uh, signals if needed. And then I have a little demo I can okay. show. So yeah. the LED and the switches are separated. They're not um, I'm connected these colors together. Again. Show them again. And we'll have more colors. We just got only half of them in so far. Yeah. Um, so this demo is really simple. I just have this hooked up to three volts. And then I have the uh, switch hooked up in series with the LED. The LED and the switch, again, are totally separate. But in this case, I connected them together so that when I press this switch, the LED lights and it lights up nice and bright. Um, but it's a nice little indicator. And of course, you can PWM the LED. You can have it be sequenced separately. And it's very nice and clicky. I'm going to bring it next to the microphone to get the clicky effect. Yeah, so imagine, hear that? That's what's going That's on That's the there. click. Okay. okay, step switches. All right, next up. Next um, up. We've got a lot of these and they're all different colors. So um, I think what I'll do is I'll just go through the photos really fast yep. because Y'all know what's going on here. Yep, these are potentiometer knobs. They're, they're I call them micro potentiometer knobs. They are sometimes, I'll say, well, the demo, we actually showed them on a rotary encoder. Uh, it works with both and I'll show uh, why, but we have them in multiple colors, uh, cream, white, yellow, orange, and red. Um, we'll have again more colors shortly. We only got to taking photos of five of the colors. We also have one special rainbow pack. Rainbow pack comes with yeah. 10 colors, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, purple, brown, white, black, cream. Uh, so we're also gonna work on trying to get uh, clear translucent ones, but they're actually made of a slightly different material, so they're taking longer to get made for us. Yeah. Um, so what's neat about these is if you look on the bottom, uh, actually this photo is really good just because it shows 
uh, you know, all the different forms. So the bottom has this kind of like, um, like grippy thing going on there, but don't worry about that because even though it looks like it's a T18 knob, it's not. It's actually a fully round six millimeter shaft knob that will fit on any potentiometer or rotary encoder or what have you that uses a six millimeter shaft, which is again like 99% of potentiometers and rotary encoders. And then there is a set screw and um, you scroll the set screw, sorry, you uh, uh, tighten the set screw after you've um, attached it to whatever you want um, and it will stay in place. So you, I, I do like that. It's a little bit more expensive to have a set screw because it's a separate item. Um, but it means that we don't have to carry like D-shaft versus T18 versus round. Works with everything. Um, and so, yeah, these were uh, these are also sometimes called uh, Davies 1900 style. Um, I think that's just a, a, some, it's like a machine or guitar that used similar sized knobs. Um, they're not guaranteed to be that shape and color and size. They're just in that style. Um, they're all the same to each other, but they may not be the same as this it, style of knob. Is the screw aligned uh, with the indicator on the top? That's a good question. The answer is... Let's go to the overhead for the answer. Let's go to the overhead. So this bum, bum, is... Bum, 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 bum. Let me get And the answer is... Hold on. Okay. Uh, so this is the indicator. Yeah. And it looks like it's on the exact opposite side. There you go. So the this is on one end and this is on the other. It's on the opposite side. And they do go to 11. Yes. <laughs> okay, and, and we have the rainbow pack. That's probably what you wanted to add. Yep, and the, the rainbow pack, yeah. um, which will, and we'll have those other colors. We'll have the green and yeah. blue and purple. Uh, we'll just, we'll get them shot next week. Okay, the star of the show tonight, besides you, Lady Ada, our community, our customers, and the entire Adafruit team is? Dun, 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 the MMC 5603 magnetometer. It is such a tiny little, it's a little chip in the center, uh, which was very exciting. We haven't done a lot of uh, point, I think this is our first 0.4 millimeter BGA chip. And um, we're, we're basically using the sensor because um, as you may know, there's a chip shortage. Um, the most popular magnetometer that we've loved to use, the LIST3 MDL has been tough to get. A lot of ST sensors are. Um, and that just means that's an opportunity for growth. That's an opportunity for us to go out and find more magnetometers. And so we found uh, the MMC 5603. Um, we talked about it on a desk of Lady Ada. It's a wonderful magnetometer. Um, it's triple axis. Uh, so you get X, Y, and Z data. Um, it's uh, three volt logic, uses I squared C. So we put a three volt regulator and level shifter. Um, yeah, sorry, you're pressing me, but I... Yeah, we uh, have a Stemma QT connector um, on it, so you can plug and play it for, you know, easy connection. Um, we recommend pairing this with, you know, a uh, gyro accelerometer, so you can make a 9-DOF sensor. And then um, I have some header, and it has a fixed um, address um, of X30, and it also has a, a range of plus or minus 30 gauss. So it means it's good for measuring, it's a 20-bit ADC, 30 gauss, um, the Earth's magnetic field is about like one plus or minus one gauss. So this will work quite well for um, measuring the Earth's magnetic field. It'll also work uh, for some weak magnets, but I will say like I put a rare Earth magnet right up against it and it like totally was like, whoa, too much magnet. Um, so it's not great for really close up powerful magnets. It is gonna be fine for 
earth magnetic field if you want to use it in a nine dof sensor or some basic you know um, magnetic uh, sensing and orientation so i've got a little demo uh, you got some congrats from the chat on the bga thanks it, that, well you know what it's not me it's actually um the machines team they, right. they're the ones who figured it out we did it i i, I threw them at it and they uh they succeeded okay so let's okay so this is uh, a quick little demo just showing um, it's measuring the Earth's magnetic field here because I don't uh, bring a magnet with me um, but Can it works get a magnet no this okay. is fine it's you know just showing I mean most people are going to be using this for compasses um, and orientation sensing and so uh, just showing it works you know very well for that um, you know the 20-bit ADC Measurement means that even though it has a very wide range, um, you get pretty good accuracy and precision. I have a magnet in these headphones. You might bring that over there and see how that no, works. It's okay. <laughs> no, it's okay. Okay. I didn't test. I don't. I don't like uh, live demos are risky. Yeah. Um, but yes, this is a new magnetometer. Where is the chip on the board? Can you point out where it is since it's so small? It's it's so tiny. I mean, you can't see it here. Actually, our yeah. photos are better to so, show. Someone's it. joking around that the uh, the chip shortage is because the chips got so small. We just misplaced them all or something. Well, you know, ironically, one of the Yeah, that's it in the middle. Wow, that that's is small. In the middle. It's tiny. So, one of the wow. things that's Wow. I need to zoom in for the next time. Yeah. <laughs> one of the things I didn't that, realize that. Um, one of the things that's um, interesting that we've noticed is that you know, part part of the chip shortages we're finding that the chips that are available tend to be um, yeah, there you go. Tiny. Um, the chips that are available Tend to I mean, be come on. BGA, yeah, it's it's tiny, but you know, it's 0.4 millimeter pitch, you know, and it's only four pads, so it's not, it's not too bad. I think we use a six-six rule, and um, yeah, there it is in the middle. You so know, we start with a breakout. Yeah, it's, it's tiny, but you know what? Good. You know, with the next version of the Feather Sense, we'll yeah. use this chip. It'll be nice and small, but it All does right. work very well. I guess we have to get an electron microscope for our product for this soon. Oh, the sensor also has a very inter a very nice uh, D degaussing, demagnetization uh, capability, um, which I do like. It also has an onboard temperature sensor. So all around, it's a you know a very nice sensor. But yeah, it's about a millimeter by a millimeter, maybe this less. Is cool. And that's new products. Okay, um, load up your questions over in Discord, adafruit.it slash discord, or discord.gg slash adafruit. Join all 35,000 of us. Um, we're gonna do some top secret while you're asking questions over there. Yeah. Okay, top secret. First up, we're gonna play a little video of you uh, making something, and then we have three breakouts we're gonna talk about. you working on here um, this is uh, you know as I mentioned some parts you can't get and so we're always on the lookout for more part options uh, this is from ST it's a very um, it's a NIST ac a NIST traceable I think 0.1 or 0.5 degrees Celsius temperature sensor that works over I squared C and it's always good to have more temperature sensors okay 
this is, um, I think, last week's INMPI. Um, we thought we'd turn this into a breakout board. Uh, I toss on a crystal, toss on some passives components, um, and just see how this works. It could be a good option for people who want to turn a high power thing into a low power thing. And? And this is the easy link that we're going to try uh, bringing back from the dead. All right, that's we'll this see. week's top secret. Okay. I cast turn. Some folks had some questions. We're going to answer those. Let's uh, bounce right there. Questions. You've got them. We answer them. Yes. Okay. Uh, yes. Lady Ada, you were about to say something about uh, some insights on the chip availability right before we um, do another stuff. I think I was just saying that the parts that are available are going to be finer pitch, so you have to kind of deal with that. Okay. That, that, you know, if you're going to discontinue something, a company's probably going to discontinue their massive SOIC or TQFP. Ooh. I think this is a question to figure out if we're um, replicants. What? Um, how would you ship a vinyl record to Florida during the middle of the summer without it turning into a taco? Ooh, that is tough. So I just got a record in the mail, um, and it was shipped. They have vinyls. Yeah. And and they were and they were it was shipped in a in a pretty stiff uh, cardboard record thing, yeah. but Florida I grew up there it was really hot. Um, if you were really that concerned, I'd probably use dry ice and ship it the way you ship um, food because that's been kind of figured out. Like I've I've bought like food. Well, air is a very good insulator, so I would I would just put it in a very large box yeah. with like a very airy stuff in the middle that supports it. But I, yeah, it's it's risky. I agree. Yeah, I mean, if it was really valuable and, and really important, I would I would ship it uh, overnight, and I would use um, you know a temperature control box yeah. that you can you know use dry ice with. Why 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 did you turn the um, vinyl record into a taco? I know. <laughs> Doesn't it sound like a, a Blade Runner test? Yeah. It's like how do you get a to not be a taco in the summer heat? What was the guy's name? The guy who's, Deckard. No, the guy who's being questioned at the time. Oh, good, tri good trivia Ooh. question for the... Uh, I remember, you know, what he looks like. Yeah, good tri good trivia yeah. question for the chat. What was the name Why of Why are you the, asking me that? What was the name of the replicant? What was the name of the replicant? Okay, next up. Uh, does a tiny sensor come on a standard tape and reel? Yeah, really? it does. Very, it's just, like, tiny. <laughs> okay. But here's the thing. It's like, we. I have to learn how to use these chips. We have, you know, this is just what... That's what's available. I'm, yeah. You know, I, I think two weeks ago, I think we were talking about um, a Maxim Class D amp. It's only available in BGA. Okay, question from Twitch. Uh, what is the, what is a good connector for point one hundred inch header pins that has a commercial grade hand crimper like the Molex hand crimpers? Well, to be honest, I would just, you know, we have in the shop these um, Molex kits that you can like DIY your own cables and I would use that. I would not hand crimp any connectors because I've done that and I hate it. Um, but you know, the 0.1 inch, there's the Berg stick, um, there's Molex. Um, there's a couple companies that have 0.1 inch spacing, but I really, I would recommend just getting the kit that we have and just DIYing your own connectors. What I like about the electronic community we have is the overlap of Blade Runner trivia enthusiasts and people who do electronics is very high and the answer is Leon. Oh, that's right, Leon. Why won't you answer the question, Leon? Yeah. Okay. Um, are there any more BGA boards coming? Um, that's This is the f only one for now, but uh, yes, of course, there will be more. Yeah. Um, 
Okay. Um, are there? Uh, oh wait. Uh, when suggesting products to carry or new ideas, do you consider PCB layouts to connect third-party products to a feather? Side PCB or a ton more looking for actual already made electronics? In other words, does it have a possibility to be considered or not really excite you? Just want to know for future ideas. Thanks. Um, you know, we, I, don't, I don't know until I see the idea. Um, we have stuff that connects to other stuff, but it's, you know, I do have to think about availability. If it's like, hey, here's this really obscure thing, it has to be really cool for me to spend the time and effort to design a board. That said, you should always send emails to contact us. I think about 20% of the things that get sent to me get turned into products or stuff we stock. Yeah. So you have like a one in five chance. That's a better chance than getting into Harvard. Oh. And the, uh, the person who asked the record question, they ordered one of our records. We actually have a record. Um, luckily for us, um, when we got these records, we did testing. And so these records are modern record. Not, not that it matters, but like these were made in the last, you know, 10 years. And the uh, pink plot, the pink vinyl, and the the way that these are made, apparently, um, they don't warp and bend. Yeah, it's really thick. It's like so, the two hundred gram or two fifty gram. Yeah, and we've been shipping these for like seven. We've years never now. had an issue. We've with them. never had a record not yeah. make it. So um, for really old records, though, that's where you have to be really careful. Um, age is uh, it gets us all. Uh, question: I'm having trouble getting example Arduino code working for the OLED breakouts to compile for the RP2040. Do you know if the Adafruit GFX or SSD1306 libraries are currently incompatible with the RP2040? I know that they're not. I know that they do work. I, they're not incompatible, which means they are compatible. Um, however, if you're using the Arduino embed core, I, I do not guarantee that works because I don't own any boards that use it. Um, so if, it's, if you're using like a Nano33 or, or Nano RP2040 or something from Arduino that uses their embed core, um, please open an issue with Arduino and ask them to fix it because I'm using standard Arduino. Um, and we use the Phil Howard core, which is allowing third-party boards. Um, so it's like I don't, you know, I'm, I'm using this core. And I know that core works very well. Uh, we use it like on a daily basis. Okay. Um, next up, uh, I have an air purifier. Is that fine for when I'm soldering or should I get something else for the solder fumes? You get something else. You I think it's a good solder. idea to have, you know, it's just something to pull the fumes yeah. away from you towards your air purifier. If the air purifier isn't on your desk, right? If it's on yeah. your desk, it's probably okay. But if it's like on the other side of the room, you want something to pull the You can the also make, you know, something away. that gets the solder fumes away, but ideally you want to get them away and then air purifier somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, and of course, if you can, it's not too hot, open up a little bit of window too. That's true. Um, are we only answer questions posted in Discord or on YouTube as well? Uh, Discord, and sometimes we get helpers please, to help us out because in. there's like eight different chats. So yeah, we bring focus them to on Discord. Discord. That's why we, we um, it's age free. and magnetic media and music are the Achilles heel. Yeah, um, so many masters tapes get lost forever. It is true. I know, and like a fire, I'll take it. It is out. true. It sucks. All right, and those them's are questions. Them's the questions. Thank you, everybody. All right, thanks, folks. Um, just a reminder. Because Micropots, 10% off in the Adafruit store all the way up to 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time. You can do it. I uh, want to spe say special thanks to uh, our Adafruit team. Let me see who's behind the scenes. Um, Jesse May. May. Hello, Jesse May. May. Hey, Jesse May. In the Adafruit Slack chat. Running things behind the scenes, helping our team and more. Um, special thanks to everyone in the community, all of our customers, everyone who's um, helping us keeping this thing going because every day is a new adventure and we will continue to ride this wave together. This has been an Adafruit production. Here is your Moan of Zener. Good night, everybody. <laughs>